the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning in the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 36 of the podcast. I'm so excited you are here today. Okay, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm 35, I've had three kids, and I feel like my body is just kind of out of whack. (laughs) Anybody? Anybody? Well, we're going to cover the topic of nutrition, wellness, health today with an expert, Lahana Vigliano. She is from Thrival Nutrition. She's a holistic nutritionist and a mom who works so much with women who are juggling the day-to-day life, trying to be healthy, also providing healthy, balanced lives for their families. So she's not all about excessive anything. She really wants to be able to find that balance and figure out what things will actually help you move closer to your actual wellness goals. And I loved this conversation so much. I've been feeling in a rut lately myself, and I talk about that with her on the show today. But more than anything, I think this will give you some tangible tips, tricks, takeaways, and some new knowledge to know if you're feeling stuck, where to even start to help get you back on track. She has some testing available that she describes as well. It might involve your poop. We'll just let her explain that, but I'm so grateful for Lahana. So let's get to it with Lahana Vigliano. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Lahana Vigliano today. Hi, Lahana. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so happy to be here, Um, especially talking with all the moms about nutrition and you guys to know more about me. And I also get to connect with your tribe. I love it. Yeah, it's so, so fun. I'm so glad we connected as well. Where are you located? We are in Austin, Texas. I'm from Florida, though, so like Central Florida, but I'm in Austin. (laughs) Okay, cool. I love Austin. It's one of my favorite places. Yes, it's so fun. Um, we actually visited because we just, I guess we're a newbie still. Um, we visited two years ago and we came to a conference. But, you know, when I like came to Austin, I was like, oh, my gosh, like all these people running. And like, <laughs> this is amazing. I love the vibe here. And we were like, all right, let's move. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And moving can be really hard. And a lot of people are like, well, it'll be too hard to start over. And they kind of dream yeah. of moving and the idyllic version of what that kind of change is like, but then they don't often pull the trigger because there's a lot of negatives and hard stuff that comes with it. So to bring it on yourself, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But we've moved a lot and we can really attest to the fact that there's a big wide world out there. And if you don't move, there's people you'll never meet that you never have the opportunity to meet. And so it's it's a good experience, even though it's hard. Very true. Very Mm -hmm. true. So for people that may not know you, Lahana, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Yes, I am Hannah Vigliano. I am a functional clinical nutritionist um, and the owner of Thrival Nutrition, and we are the home to many dietitians and nutritionists who also help women, you know, take back their health using food as medicine. Um, I have my bachelor's in nutrition science. Um, I'm currently in grad school for human nutrition and functional medicine, so hashtag school nerd all the way. <laughs> um, and then I'm also a mom of two, nine and five, so boy girl. And then my husband, um, we started really young in the mom world. I was 18 when I had my son. Um, And then we got married, and then we had our daughter. So life has been definitely a little chaotic. (laughs) Um, Actually, my whole adulthood has been a little chaotic, (laughs) but 
super amazing at the same time. That's awesome. So starting out as a young mom, I mean, did you have much of a vision of what you thought motherhood would be like and kind of how did it unfold for you at that young age? I actually did it. I maybe it was it was the ignorant bliss. Yeah. <laughs> but I was totally like, I can do this. It's not gonna be hard. Not saying that wasn't hard, but it wasn't anything that was surprising. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of expected everything as is. But I also got really lucky with such an awesome son. Like easy baby, I mean, you name it. So I was very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An easy first baby does really help. I had an impossibly challenging first baby and I just thought, is this how it always is? And you think it is. Whatever you get, you think that's the norm, right? And I just looked at all these happy moms smiling, walking down the street without their kids <laughs> screaming in the stroller. And I just thought, well, what's, what do they know that I don't know? Because isn't this, you know, it's supposed to be different. <laughs> Yes. Well, with my daughter, she's, she's my sassy. So I feel like moms, you get one of each. So if you have a, you have a little bit of a tough one, the first one, I always feel like the second one is a little bit easier. Yeah. That was true (laughs) for me. Well, and it's just perspective, right? It's just like, I realized I could not control the, the behavior of my baby and he couldn't control his behavior either. So (laughs) it was just unrealistic. So I just kind of lowered the expectations, just kind of rolled with it a little bit more. And I think that helped to kind of rub off on him. And I think he just came wired completely differently as well. And he's still a much different uh, child personality-wise than my first. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's really interesting. So now you're very, very passionate about health and wellness for women and everything. How did you find time and what was your perspective on caring for yourself when you became a mom, because a lot of moms listening are feeling like they don't have time to work out. Their nutrition is based upon the leftovers of their kids' lunches and whatever's in the car and snacks on the go and things like that. They feel like that's the only option in the season that they're in. And did you ever feel that way or how did you prioritize a different way? That's so funny. I hear that a lot with moms of like my lunches, like the kids' leftovers and I always giggle. I'm like, that's so funny. Um, But you know, to be honest, when I first became a mom, like health wasn't a priority because I was in a pre, like I, ever since I was in kindergarten, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. That was my thing. I wanted to be a doctor. And so I was actually in a pre-med degree program, not nutrition. Um, so my mentality was very, very different with health. Um, I was eating the standard American diet. I wasn't, you know, educated like I was now about this. Um, so I didn't prioritize that at first. Um, now knowing though, I'll kind of talk about my differences with each pregnancy because it was very different. I was with my son working full-time 35 hours a week, going to school full-time, and I was enrolled at the University of Central Florida in Orlando. So I was, we were about 45 minutes away. So I was still like kind of commuting to school, going to class, coming back, coming home, um, feeding my son, cleaning cleaning care of the house, putting them down, doing homework. And so I had to keep my priorities like lined up Mm. or I would easily like fall behind. So, um, with my daughter though, I was able to be a stay at home mom. I graduated with my bachelor shortly after she was born. So the whole first year, like two completely different parenting perspectives. I was just able to breastfeed on demand. I was able to just be a mom, um, and not have a ton of other things. So, um, Thankfully, I, I look back and I'm kind of glad I didn't know what I know because I kind of cringe on some of the stuff I did, but you know, no better, do better. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but with my daughter, I would say that's when I definitely did take health as a priority. And I feel like with a, like in this season of motherhood, especially early motherhood, self-care is so important. And so I always made time to do things I enjoy and to also connect with other fellow moms. Um, getting that adult time is huge. And especially if you have that connection with someone that's in the same season as you, it's amazing. Um, but you know, I am really thankful that I'm naturally a motivated person. So I was able to keep things as a priority and some of my priorities like school, um, was actually something that I enjoy too. So I kind of killed two birds with one stone there. Um, but you know, now looking back, um, we do a lot of the things that prioritize health. We all cook and we all grocery shop. So it's more so of making sure that we're like up leveling that and making sure that is good and nourished and you know it doesn't have to be fancy it can literally be ground beef and veggies like in a skillet like Mm -hmm. and seasoning super super simple it does not have to be this fancy gourmet meal every night and so kind of giving yourself grace in that aspect but you know your basic self-care exercise with or without baby I started exercising I was never an exerciser but I started exercising with my daughter when she was like about five months and I would just work out at home with her Um, And then also making sure you're giving yourself grace on days that you need rest. And those days are very common in the beginning, um, especially when you're not getting that great sleep. But we just have to take it one day at a time and really prioritize what we're eating if, if and when we're exercising and then getting enough sleep. Those are the most important things. And, and human adult time. <laughs> okay, okay. That is so, so helpful. And I like what you said. Let's just focus on the food part of it for right this second um, to break it down. I love what you said that you're, you're cooking and you're grocery shopping anyway. So it's just putting a little more intention behind, is this serving me? Are these foods that are fueling yeah. my body? Do I feel good when I eat these foods? Do I feel proud of what I'm putting in my kids' bodies? And is it okay, is the food that we have in our pantry stuff that I want to have exposure to during the day and have that be an option, right? And so it's just being a little more intentional. So it's not like we're asking, we're not asking you to become a gourmet chef or you know buy you know so many more ingredients or increase your budget even by that much. It's simply putting more intention behind and not throwing away the opportunity to really fuel your body, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that so much. Yeah, it's tricky. I am in a phase, so I'm, my youngest is four now. And so theoretically, like, I should be, I don't, I don't, I, it, it sounds weird, <laughs> but I don't know what I should be anymore. But like, my body has expanded and contracted like three <laughs> different times. And I feel like I should be back in business is basically how I feel. Let's just say how I'm feeling right now. And it, regardless of if my thoughts are accurate or not, whatever. But I feel like I'm in such a rut and I know it's because of my eating and I'm not being mm-hmm. intentional about it ahead of time. And so by default, I'm falling into all these traps of just food that's not fuel, but I habitually am accustomed to certain types of tastes and sweets and salts and everything that I'm just, I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. And so I want to make a change, but I'm not feeling like the kick of the pants to do it. And I'm not, I'm just not there right now. How would you suggest I get back on track when my desire is to get back on track? 
See, that's why a lot of times too, uh, well, a lot of people come to us for clinical reasons, of course, but a lot of the times people just need that other person. And this doesn't have to be a professional. I mean, yes, that is what we do, but also just like a friend, someone that's on the same boat as you and like keeping accountable. And honestly, that would be even amazing if it was you and your husband and both of you guys. Um, but you know, sometimes when people are like, I want to, sometimes it's the how, I just don't know how to, some people kind of know the how the basics of like, okay, you know, eating less sugar, that's kind of a, a no brainer, common sense. Um, and it's getting motivated. So are you a baker or anything like that? Yes. I, I love to bake. I love to bake. And I feel like that's part of my motherly duties is to bake chocolate chip cookies on Sundays. I feel like that's just part of our culture in our home. So to not do that would feel ugh, like a loss. But you can. Okay. You can. Okay. And, and so that's why like one thing Pinterest is great, but you can make healthier sweets. And so mm -hmm. it's all about like starting with where you're at and then just changing what you feel like is the most doable. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes taking out sugar completely is really, it's really hard. And we see a lot of people kind of go through detox with it. So even if you give yourself a little goal of just like, I will only eat something refined sugar. I'm talking about not like natural sugar, sure. but, um, refined sugar is only on Wednesday and Saturday and limited to a couple days. And then eventually, I mean, some people, a lot of people, especially people that work with me, we just kind of jump right into it and be like, let's eliminate it. You're going to go through three days of probably feeling fatigued and headachy and not feeling your best. But day four, day five, you're, you're up and at them um, because it does take a little bit. So again, depending on your personality, what you feel like is doable, like little changes. You, I would say sugar okay. is probably the best way to start because sugar makes such an impact on your health. Okay. Okay. I think that's, I think that's really great. And I'm curious to get your take on, I feel like there's a lot of debate in the social media realm right now in terms of body positivity versus health and wellness under the guise of like diet culture and things mm -hmm. like that and elimination and stuff. How do you kind of reconcile those things? Because I don't want to get to the point of like disordered eating where what I'm mm -hmm. eating and how I'm eating and what I'm cutting out and punishing myself, you know, things like that by taking away and depriving myself of certain things. I don't want that to become disprioritized in my own life. And while I'm grateful for my body, I'm just not feeling great right now. And I know that I want to make change. I love that question because it is the body positivity, which I love. Our bodies are freaking amazing. Yes. I mean, we literally birth humans. We birth yes. humans, we birth them. It's amazing. Um, and then I know a lot of people that do like, you can kind of eat whenever you want. It's just more balance from a clinical perspective. I, I can't really agree with that. I do agree. Like you should not be hard on yourself, you know, especially if you're in, I feel like there's stages, there's the healing stage stage where you kind of have to be a little strict and that's not a forever thing, but it's to get your body back into balance and understanding that that's, it's a short period of time. If you look mm. at your lifespan and then there's a time where you're close to your goals, you either met them or you're pretty close of where every now and then you can eat something that is not ideal. Like me, I'm going to have a birthday cake at a birthday party and I may have a regular bun wherever, um, yeah. wherever we go out to eat. And I'm not hard on myself for it. Cause I do know like 90% of our diet is great, but what we bring into the house is always really good. So I kind of keep my, any splurges that are not really normal for me. It's outside of the house. But, um, when people kind of say that, especially if they're in the first phase of like where they need lots of support and lots of healing, you know, we see like a lot of food sensitivities where there's a food and it could be a healthy food. It could be, I just saw bok choy, but it could also be like cane sugar and it could also be like high fructose corn syrup, whatever. It could be bad or good, but we see food sensitivities 
Um, and when we see them, and if someone were to say, if you had, let's say if you had a sensitivity to wheat, if you had a bun, even if it's just like once a week, whether it's a cookie or wheat in general, that it's not a big deal. But I would have to disagree because it is a big deal. It's mm. literally producing inflammation in your body. Now, food sensitivities change. That's not always a forever thing. But I do think that, like, we have to be in tune with what our body's saying, with what foods jive with us, what foods aren't, and listening to it. And if you feel like in the moment, again, I feel like this is more towards if you're at your goal or near your goal. But in the moment, if you're like, I will probably feel a little bit like crap after I eat that. But you know what? Like, it's a wedding, and I want to have a wedding cake. Girl, mm-hmm. like have the wedding cake that mm-hmm. is it's definitely not going to make or break you but I feel like a lot of people when they say like oh it's just all about balance you can eat whatever you want just balance well I question people well what's your balance and they're like <laughs> yeah they're like once a week and I'm like okay so that's four times a month though so that's now still pretty regular in your diet if you told me once a month maybe once every other week okay twice a month that's not in your normal diet but like a weekly indulgence of something that doesn't do your body well it will definitely still add up so that's why I do have a little bit of an issue with like the weekly cheat days but honestly a lot of foods that are quote-unquote cheats you can make them healthy and seriously just as good where you don't feel deprived in general Well, yeah, and I'm not even so big on, like, making the zucchini brownies or, like, hiding vegetables and things that just don't belong there. But just genuinely (laughs) enjoying, like, watermelon is so delicious right now. And just, like, genuinely enjoying that and not feeling like, oh, I can't have the cookies, but I get watermelon instead. But being like, I love this watermelon. This is so good. Or, like, making a really appealing fruit platter or veggie platter or whatever, maybe with a great dip or something and making food that you really genuinely love instead of trying to like fake your way out of the stuff you used to be able to eat. That feels more like a punishment to me when I just don't get the legit thing. And I'd rather make the exception for the legit brownie once a month, like you said, you know what I mean? I'm going to say, girl, you haven't tried a good healthy brownie. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm willing to try it. You send me a recipe and I will try it. (laughs) Is there black beans in it? Yes, okay. I love it. No, that, that's a great question. I, I definitely see a lot of women that um, question that um, with just, I mean, a lot of people come to us when they they need the healing, they need the support, they're looking for like a food as medicine approach. Um, but there's always little changes that you can do. And um, I feel like, you know, yes, there's one life to live and you should enjoy. Um, but there's so many things that we have control over. Yeah. Um, and that is our food and chronic rates or chronic disease rates are so high that like I'm all about like whatever I can do for like the kids um, and myself to make us healthier is so important. And yeah, I, yeah. I would just say, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do it work. Do what works for you to get the outcome you want. But like if you keep doing the same thing and you keep getting the same results, that means it's not working. And to, yeah. and to assume that, you know, suddenly something's suddenly going to change by doing the same stuff again and again, it's just not. And so we do have to be realistic about those things. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. Like, if it's working for you and you are feeling and looking the way that that's your goal, then obviously, great, awesome. But yeah. if it's not working for you, then it's time to look outside. And I hope you don't feel like I'm pushing back too much on no. what you're saying because I just feel like there's probably plenty of people in the same phase as me right now that I'm just struggling. And I feel like I'm like rambling and stuff because I'm just like, it's so on the surface. 
of kind of where I'm at every day right now, where it's like, I'm thinking so much about this and yet I don't know. Why am I not just committing to make change, Lahana? I don't get it because I know I want to change. There's sometimes when people are like, they want like the health, like the unhealthy foods. I always say too, it doesn't always mean that it's mental. It's all just like in your head. Sometimes it's literally in your biochemistry. It's sometimes in your gut. Um, Uh I see a lot of people that have like candida and parasites and things like that. And sometimes they don't even know it. Sometimes they're just kind of there anyways. And those can, that's like our gut is our second brain. So that can totally make you think like, I really want this or like, I really want sugar. And so our palates are very different. If there's something biochemically wrong, if we're nutrient deficient in something that can cause certain cravings, things like that. Um, but a lot of people too, I tell, you know, right now your palate is, is your palate. And that is, might be like a little bit more higher in sugar, not eating the best foods. Mm -hmm. But once you do a change, you will start to realize that your palate changed with you. And if you go to have, let's say a brownie, a normal brownie, it might end up being too sweet for you. And then in general, you will opt for something more, you know, I was the healthier brownie probably uses more like natural sugars and things like that. You would naturally kind of be like, I'd rather have that because this regular brownie is just way too sweet because your palate changes as you make the changes too. So it does get easier. Okay. So you would say to kind of wrap up the food portion of this, by eliminating, like, let's just say starting with sugar, by eliminating that, getting through kind of the withdrawals for three days or whatever, mm-hmm. feeling a little bit better about it, then you can kind of see the effects of what your life is like without sugar and you kind of, your tastes begin to change and things. So if there's anything that you are feeling sensitive to, eliminating it completely to begin with to kind of get some data, is that your recommendation? Yeah. Or how do yeah, I get definitely. tested for um, like the candida pe- thing or parasites? Like, how do I know any of this? <laughs> so, so yeah, we do functional lab testing. So okay. we do stool testing. So that tests for like um, your bacteria balance, candida, which is yeast. Um, and there's also yeast that's not candida string. Um, parasites, how you digest, all that stuff. Um, do dried hormone testing, micronutrient testing, which is blood and food sensitivity testing, all that fun stuff. So sometimes you won't know until you test. Um, and that's where I think a lot of people tend to come to us because they're like, I've tried all the Pinterest diets and I've just kind of tried everything that like, it's like, you know, trending right now. And I'm still not getting answers because it's really all about bio-individuality. Like what Mm. works for your body? Like to one person, a salmon may work great. And to you, it may make you super bloated and that's Mm. very normal. So like you have to like definitely test, um, at some points, yes, there's certain changes you can do, like eating less sugar and stuff, but to like really know that is like, you definitely have to test (laughs) And if I don't live in Austin and I can't come into you physically, how do I get these tests done? Or what do I, I ask ship for? Them to you. Oh, you ship, <laughs> ship them to me? The what are you yeah. talking about? Okay, what is wait, do I have to like ship poo to you? What what are you talking about? No, I come to your house and dig. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, no, you ship it. I ship you the kit to take the sample and then you ship it to the lab. And it's really great because it comes with like, you know, the shipping and FedEx just comes and picks it up at your porch. You schedule a pickup. Okay. And then it, and yeah, and then the lab <gasps> tested it and I get it in about like a week and a half to two weeks. What? Yeah. Technology. Okay, amazing. wait. Okay. Just stop right this second. Okay. Wait, how do we do this? Tell the, tell the people. <laughs> 
Yes. So um, ideally, just on our website, if you're interested, there's like a work with us page and there's a form that you fill out. Um, and then ideally, the first thing is like, I like to talk with you first in a phone call. I just kind of want to know, like, what are your goals? And then like, what is going on? So I have you fill out kind of like if you are a doctor, it's like your symptom. Like, are you constipated? Are you bloated? Like, I just want to kind of see you in general, see your sleep, see your stress. I just kind of want to see your whole body. Hop on the phone and kind of talk with you. And there's different tests. So these are functional tests. So they're not covered by insurance. So they're a little pricey, mm-hmm. you know, on, on an average of 350. Um, but they're crazy, crazy comprehensive. Wow. So sometimes I just want to be like, you know what? It sounds like you may have something hormonal per like your symptoms and things like that. And I want to support you the right way with food and herbs and all that fun stuff. But a lot of the times if you go back to something hormonal, a lot of the times, there's something going on in the gut. So mm. I'm like, you know, I think doing the stool test first is ideal. So I like to just to talk it out and seeing like, I think this would be the right test to do right now. And honestly, even just filling out the form, I can kind of tell I'm a really good guesser with doing this for a while. Okay. So even if you're like, I don't have the money to do a stool test, I'm like, well, let's just, let's do it. Like if you had it, cause a lot of the times I'm using food, I'm using herbs. This isn't something that's like prescription and yeah really done I mean there's some strong herbs but for the most part it's safe to kind of do especially if you already have showing symptoms so I've definitely helped people even without a lab but it can be super helpful to know exactly like okay what natural antimicrobial would be good for you and all that fun stuff Hey everyone, I know you're loving my conversation with Lahana, but I want to thank one of our show sponsors and that is Love Every. Love Every delivers captivating toys that babies obsess over and parents love. This subscription toy box is for babies and toddlers and you guys, the quality and the intentionality behind these toys are unmatched. Time Magazine calls these play kits one of the best inventions of the year because with every kit, you get science-backed, eco-friendly toys tailored to your child's age development. They have play guides for all the toys so parents actually know how to engage with their children at every developmental level. And each toy is beautifully designed. So you don't have a bunch of junk toys scattered around your living room. These are beautiful, well-made toys that will last your kids from one child to the next. So if you're looking for a toy option for your kids or you're looking for just a great gift to give, I cannot recommend Love Every Enough. So I was checking out the baby boxes. I'd given the toddler box to my niece and she loved it. But I was looking at the different options for babies. And it's perfect because it's broken down by age. And there's something called the Sensor Play Kit for um, five and six month olds. You guys, this is so cool. They have a toy that's actually a magic tissue box. You know how babies love to pull out tissues and stuff? They have a toy around that same principle. They come with magic tissues, a Montessori ball, a book, play socks, tummy time wobbler. I mean, these toys are just so fun and interesting. It is so well packaged, and if you want to give a gift that keeps on giving, this is it. Don't waste your money on junk toys. Go straight to Love Every and buy this subscription for somebody that you love. For a limited time, Love Every is offering my listeners a special discount. When you subscribe to the Play Kit, just enter my code EMP at checkout, and you'll get $15 off. That's $15 off your subscription at loveevery.com. L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com with promo code EMP at checkout. Thank you so much to Love Every for sponsoring the show. That's amazing. Okay, so if you're sitting there listening and you're like, okay, I need to get to the bottom of whatever it is you're dealing with, it's worth the investment because think how many more years left you have to live in this body. Hopefully, we have a long time. 
don't you want it to be at optimal health? Don't you want to feel good? Don't you want to feel like the intention you are putting behind things is actually getting the results that you want? There's so many times where people are at the gym for hours and hours, but they're doing the wrong things to get the outcomes they want. Like their heart rate's not up or they're just, you know, whatever it is. You don't know what you don't know. So going to an expert like you can really just go in. And, And finally, to wrap up the food thing, I feel like there's so much focus on the exercise portion and really how you look and feel mostly comes down to what you put in your mouth. Would you agree or disagree? Totally agree. Yeah. Abs are made in the kitchen. That's right. Yep. Yep. And that's so true. So as hard as that is to commit to, I mean, I always think like, oh, I'd rather like, you know, run an extra mile or something and then get to eat whatever. Like that's not, that's not, how, not it works. how it works. That's not how it works. And you don't get to choose where that cookie ends up on your body either. So it's just, <laughs> ah, and, yes. and certainly this is not a conversation all about looks. Ultimately, it is mm-hmm. about being the healthiest version of yourself so you can serve the people in your family. You can feel good in your skin. You can be around for years and years and years, and you can control what you can control, right? And so I that's the purpose of this conversation, not looks exactly. at all. Even though that can be a factor that can really increase your confidence if, if that matters to you. So anyway... Okay, moving on to the exercise portion. What do you want to tell the people about the exercise portion? What are the common pitfalls you see and everything? But then I want to move on to the hormone part after that. So maybe we can just touch on exercise a little bit. So exercise, um, I think it's really dependent on the season uh, that you're in. Um, I do see a lot of women that do a lot of cardio and that's all they do. Um, and cardio can be really stressful in the body, really wear you down. Um, it's not the most sustaining. Um, and I feel like a lot of goals, again, this is totally not all about like just looks, but also internally, um, strength training. That's, that's my jam. Like I will lift weights all day, every day. You don't get bulky. You don't, you just look toned, which is awesome, but it also helps increase, you know, the, your muscles and your strength and to be able to protect yourself as you get older too. And I just think that, again, though, depending on the season, I wouldn't recommend going on a five-mile run if you're really stressed out. You're just going to be pumping that cortisol higher and higher. Mm. Um, So doing something more yoga and more gentle but active, even hiking, getting out in nature, things like that, um, are also ideal. And so when people ask, like, what exercise you should be doing, I always ask, like, what are your stress levels? And then two, like, what do you enjoy? Because exercise should be something that's really easy and you should be able to just do and you can't wait to do it. But if you're trying to force yourself to doing something you don't like, um, which I do recommend just like with food, just try it even if you don't like it and, and give it, you know, a week and, you know, trying it exactly. And if you don't like it, okay, don't do it. But also just like, what do you like? Do you like swimming? Do you like hiking? Do you like yoga? Do you like anything. So always trying to get out there and find what you like and enjoy because that way exercise will actually really stick with you. Um, Mm. But I would say just too much cardio is mostly of what I see with a lot of women and in their season of life of stress. And honestly, just they also, again, kind of think like, okay, I'll eat this and I'll just kind of run it off. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't work that way. And if you do want to utilize like more of the quote unquote fat burning, and the more muscle you build, the more you're just going to burn fat throughout your day, just walking or sitting down. Um, so I, that's why I always kind of go back to like, if you're not lifting weights, definitely still incorporate it. Even if it's, it doesn't have to be crazy. I'm not telling you to go yeah. squat 200 pounds, but 
start incorporating it for sure. And, and what is your opinion of less weight, more reps, or more weight, less reps? Does that matter? I like both. Okay. So it depends on that's why I'm a horrible, like, I don't like group classes. I hate a personal trainer. Like, I'm just a rebel. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but um, I like listening to my body. So if I feel really energized and really pumped up, I will go for higher higher weight and less reps because that's ultimately going to, you know, build the muscle a little bit more. It's going to challenge it. It's going to make those muscle tears. But if I'm feeling a day of, like, I can work out, but I'm not at my peak, I'll be like, you know what, I'm just going to do less less weight and just more reps. And that way I can be active, but I'm just not overdoing it. So I totally go based on like, what is my body craving right now? Okay. I love that. That's a really great tip and I've never heard it put like that. But I think that does deter people from doing weights when they feel like they have to do it a certain way. But when you just take it day to day even, and you think like, okay, I am exhausted. I didn't have a good night's sleep last night. I'm going to, you know, do whatever feels good, then you actually look forward and are more motivated to even go. And so even just showing up and doing something is starts, it's better than nothing and, yes. and, and doing what feels good. I love that. That's a great tip. That is so, so great. Well, I guess another part that you mentioned was, was the sleep part and I do not sleep well. So how, how can I sleep better? <laughs> oh man, sleep is, sleep is, can be complex. Yeah. So I mean, it's under, all about like what's underlying. Like, are you stressed out? Are you eating enough? Sometimes you're just not eating enough protein because protein, the amino acids, help with production of serotonin, which makes our melatonin, so our sleepy hormone. Are you around a lot of TVs and computers? Are you seeing a lot of blue light um, through the screens? Because the blue light basically goes through our eyes and tells us it's daytime. You don't have to sleep. Hold off on producing melatonin. So, I mean, there's it's such a complex thing. So you kind of just have to look for your habits, your daily habits. Um, and then stress is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then food, of course. Food is always important to – it's the building blocks to all of our hormones. But, again, a lot of the times I either see it's stress, it's a hormonal imbalance. A lot of it was like adrenals, cortisol, honestly, again, tying into stress. What are some other things? And then, of course, like having young kids. I mean, that you can't really yeah. help. Uh, and then blood sugar and insulin. So the classic waking up every middle of the night, 2 to 3 a.m., um, that is always usually a sign of there could be a blood sugar and insulin issue. So um, it, it, it totally depends. But um, So some people like to jump to melatonin. And I don't think melatonin is always – it's a hormone. So I don't always think that you should rely on it as a supplement. You need to question, like, everything else. Well, why? Well, why is my melatonin low? And then ad address that. Don't just, it's easy to throw natural remedies as well, even because it's like natural, but it's, you can use it as a band aid. And I just would never yeah. want that. Um, so there's different things like you can do if it's stress, like a GABA is a really great neurotransmitter you can take. Um, there's like valerian root and L theanine, just ways to calm you. Um, but again, I think we just still have to dig in for that root cause. Okay. Well, I sleepwalk. And sleep talk and I even sleep eat Lahana like that's my husband <laughs> does he really he does but actually he hasn't done it in a couple years but him and his dad notorious for sleepwalking and sleep eating did stuff. he do anything to help with it or it just kind of fizzled out I it fizzled out <gasps> oh he's so lucky I wish you had an answer for that that would make you a million dollars Lahana <laughs> No, I'm like exhausted when I wake up because I'm so active 
in my sleep and like in my brain and then I end up I actually disarmed our home alarm system in order to like go into the garage to check something that I thought I was supposed to check in my dream and I made it all the way down the stairs and undid the alarm doing the right code what on earth oh my gosh but one time I did make my kids lunches and I was very pleasantly surprised the next day to be like, oh, it's done. This is great. But I make sandwiches. Anyways, we don't need to go into it, bear, bearing my whole soul. But I know that that contributes to not – it's just not getting deep enough into that mm-hmm. that sleep. And so I need to figure out how to to surpass that, <laughs> that level and get a little bit deeper. But I've always done it. So I don't know if there's much hope. I'm 35, so I, I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous about that. But, um, okay, and so then you alluded to the hormone issue. And, again, is this something that, that you can test for and work with or something we can request from our own personal doctors? Or It doesn't seem like doctors test for hormones very much, but I know it can be a huge factor in, in all of this. Yeah, so, no, they do. And if they ask you, I, I just don't like always, like, blood testing for hormones. Okay. Only because, like, the ranges are so broad. And a lot of the times it doesn't show me, like, a span of period, like, a period of time. Mm-hmm. So we use a dried urine hormone test that, yes, we just ship, ship the kit out to you. Um, and what you do is you pee on this, like, around dinner time, right before bed, right when you wake up, it's yours after you wake up. And so this one's really comprehensive. So it's not just looking at your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, which it does. It's also looking at your adrenals, so your cortisol levels. So it should show this beautiful, like, spike of cortisol in the morning to get us pumped up, and then it slowly goes down. So if you're having trouble, like, falling asleep, a lot of the times we see it reversed, where you have low cortisol in the morning, high at night, that's why you're feeling pumped at night, and you feel like the quote-unquote second wind. Um, it could also just be completely flat. It could also be very, very high across the board, a variety of things. Mm. Um, but our hormone test also tests for a couple of nutrients, like B6, B12, neurotransmitters, oxidative stress in the body. But one of my favorite things about the dried hormone test that you will never get in a blood test, if by chance your doctor does do it, is it shows the pathway of how your hormones are detoxing through the body. Now this is really important, especially with estrogen, because there's, there, it's called 2OH, 4OH, and 16OH. The 2OH pathway, which is kind of, that's the first phase of detox of once we are done with estrogen, is a protective pathway. So you want it to go down this pathway, and then it goes into phase two, methylation, and phase three is excretion, so pooping it out. Um, But sometimes there's another pathway, the 4-OH, that women could favor, and this can actually be more precancerous. So -hmm. it's increasing your risk for like ovarian and breast cancers, things like that. And then there's a 16-OH, which can simply be from maybe you're not, you can feel like you have too much estrogen with if you favor this pathway like weight gain and mood swings and acne and all that fun stuff um but it's actually just favoring the pathway so these pathways show a lot about our hormones and a lot about our health and can be answers to certain symptoms Hmm. that you will never get in a normal hormone blood test so that's why we do the dried urine so we can kind of see this and so yes it is possible to get all this tested um Unless you have a functional medicine or an integrative doctor, you most likely won't be able to find this um, without, like, using more of an integrative practitioner. Okay. Hey, everyone. I want to thank our final show sponsor, and that is Bloom. So I need to tell you something, but don't tell my oldest that I'm telling you this. 
guys, does it really start this early? We have been in search of a deodorant that actually works for him. And he sweats, he's active. I'm so glad that he is. But man, does he come home sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. Well, I heard about the Hug Me deodorant by Bloom. They were voted the best deodorant ever by the New York Post. So that sounds pretty good. But I didn't want to just take their word for it. So I took the sweat test for myself. I gave it to him. I applied in the morning, did everything. He did the same thing. I came from school and he didn't smell. He didn't smell. It was so amazing. But don't just take our word for it. They want you to do the sweat test yourself with the Hug Me Deodor by Bloom. This is B-L-U-M-E and it's made with probiotics. So the probiotics actually encourage your body to make more good bacteria. And as a result, your body produces less bad bacteria. So B-O doesn't exist. Mainstream antiperspirants contain horrible stuff like aluminum, which gets absorbed into our bloodstream and has been linked to cancer. This has been rated the best deodorant ever by the New York Post. So I want you to try Hug Me risk-free for yourself or for your kids for a 30-day satisfaction guarantee or you get your money back. Hug Me by Bloom keeps you feeling good, feeling fresh, and super huggable. And right now our listeners will get 25% off their first stick and free shipping when you text EMP to 797979. This is a special offer that you can't get anywhere else and you support Extraordinary Moms when you support our sponsors. So text EMP to 797979 to get 25% off your first stick of Hug Me deodorant. If you don't love it, return it for a full refund. So text EMP to 797979. I hope you love Bloom as much as I do. Thanks so much to Bloom for sponsoring the show. Now let's get back to figuring out what else I need to change about my life. Where do I start? Like, what is the first step you would say? Like, I'm done listening to this podcast. I know I want to get some answers, make some changes. What's my first step? So, again, filling out that form on our Work With Us page and filling out the questionnaire because that's going to be ultimately if you want to start with one test or, again, a good guesser, I can kind of see what you're kind of doing and we can try some herbs and, of course, change your diet and all that fun stuff. Um, But, again, there's usually only one test that – once at one at a time. I don't recommend okay. just putting yourself into doing all four tests. Like, no. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of the time, I you have to start with gut. The gut is everything. It is where we digest our foods. It is where we absorb it. So all of our nutrients. So if we're not having a proper gut function, hormones won't be balanced, no matter how hard you try. Mm-hmm. So almost always, if I see there's constipation issues, bloating. I almost always just like, let's focus on gut health and we'll work our way backwards. It's like an onion that you have to peel. Mm. But a lot of women don't know, and this could be, again, a bacterial imbalance where you just have, you have low good bacteria strains and high bad ones or yeast or parasites or whatnot. Or maybe you're just not even digesting your foods properly. Mm. Um, A lot of times when your gut is like really messed up, um, especially with hormones or you're constipated, let's just say constipation is your only thing we're not able to excrete out our estrogen. And so it's going to get reabsorbed in the body leading to estrogen dominance. So that's why like you have to focus on really nourishing and optimizing your gut health first, Hmm. because it would be really silly to jump into hormones, you have estrogen dominance, but then I have to question, well, like, what does your gut look like? We gotta take a stool test. So I almost always start with gut health health for the majority of people, and then we'll work our way. Okay, but you will guide us um, does it yes. cost anything to fill out that information and do that initial consult with you? 
No, um, so the questionnaire that you just do is okay. for free, of course, and then the 15-minute phone call just to talk about more of like a game plan and what yeah. I would recommend of our packages or what stool test, sure. that's completely free. Okay, so there's no risk in just getting a little information and getting a little roadmap, and then maybe you can just chip away step by step. But I love that you really help to prioritize because – I do feel so overwhelmed. I feel like there might be other stuff going on. I mean, nothing in my life has changed that dramatically, and there's been a dramatic difference in how I feel in my body in the last year. And it yeah. could be age and everything, but, like, with it's not just my age. Age is just a number. It's, it's other stuff related to that. And so I would love to get to the bottom of this and be intentional so I'm not just spinning my wheels at stuff that doesn't work. Right? Yes, and I feel like so many women, like, don't realize – how they can feel because right now you just feel what you feel. Yeah. But you don't know how many times I hear women of like, I, you know, I have headaches. I am always so tired. I get random highs. I'm always bloated at the end of the day. I, when I have my period, I'm cramping so bad. Like people, that is not normal. Mm. So there is always something that's your body's trying to tell you. And you do have to do a little digging. And a lot of the times it comes from our foundation, our food, our exercise, our stress, our sleep. We need to have all those kind of functioning. And um, I just feel like it, maybe it's just because I'm super in tune with my body. I'm like, oh man, I couldn't imagine like always being tired every day. Like, and, but people are, they're like, that's my normal. And I just want to like give hope. Like that's, does not have to be your normal whatsoever. That is such a great point because I feel like, and I've said this to other people, like I wish I had more of a blatant sensitivity to certain things because I don't feel bad enough to not eat the sugar or or <laughs> or like stop Diet Coke or whatever it is. And I wish I had a little bit more of a reaction to those things so I had, so I was more deterred. But maybe my norm is just so skewed the, there can be a drastic improvement and I've just accepted where I'm at right now and I don't know any different. So that's really interesting. That's something I'll have to think about. I will say, that's so funny you say that because when people have celiac disease where they are like highly allergic to wheat, yeah, I always say like, honestly, that's like a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Not in the sense of it's awful. Like there's probably some gut stuff you need to work, work on. Yeah. But I would say wheat, well, sugar too, but wheat is one of the most processed forms. And so... I the process forms of food and so naturally avoiding wheat well I mean there's a lot of gluten-free junk too definitely out sure market, but there are it naturally kind of moves you into choosing a more like nutrient dense option which yeah. I love so I'm always like sometimes having those reactions and sometimes honestly I see it a lot a lot of people again this is their normal this is what they do but once we kind of like start eliminating certain things and then we'll like add it back in let's see how you do and they're like wow rice made me crazy bloated and gassy why have I never felt that before Uh. I'm like you may have and it may have maybe shown up in a different way but after taking it out for a while and bringing it back in you'll truly see like man that really affects me and that does not jive with me. So again, you have to, a lot of people are at this normal and it's low. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel your optimal, honestly, you don't want to take anything less. So you'll just kind of avoid the foods that make you feel not the best. This has been so amazing. And this is literally exactly what I need to hear this morning. If I'm being honest, I was kind of dreading this conversation because again, like everything's kind of at the surface for me right now. Like all of these issues. And I, I think the things that we're most defensive about or the things we don't want to talk about are the things that we know we do need to address 
And that could be anything for us. It could be our health. It could be our parenting. It could be our marriage, whatever it is. And so when you're forced to like confront some of these things and think a little deeper about it, it's, it's a little uncomfortable and I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now, but I'm also really hopeful that there can be some answers on the other side of this, this that can make my results that I want to see and my goals possible. Cause I just feel kind of defeated coming into this and I feel hopeful coming out of it. So thanks. Yay! My, I really do. That is my goal. Good. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, so tell people everywhere they can find you online. Yeah, so you can find Thrival Nutrition on Instagram and Facebook. That's Instagram's mostly my jam. Okay. And I love, if you want to see more behind the scenes and just day-to-day life, Instagram stories is where you're going to find me. But Instagram and Facebook at Thrival Nutrition. Um, and you can go to our website at www.thrivalnutrition.com. Thrival is spelled T-H-R-I-V-A-L, mm-hmm. nutrition.com. And that's where you can find, we post tons of free resources, um, recipes, blogs. Um, that's where you can find a little bit more about like what we do. And then the Thrival Nutrition Podcast on iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio, where we interview functional medicine doctors, integrative, and then also I just do some solo podcasts too, where I just kind of dive in on a topic as well. This is so awesome. What a great resource. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge and everything. This has just been so eye-opening and I'm going to start by filling out that quiz today and I'm just going to take that (laughs) next step. And if you're feeling overwhelmed listening to this, you're like, okay, but still, I don't know what, what's next. Right. Or like, do I need to take sugar out of my diet? Whatever. Just start with the quiz or the the form or whatever on your website. And I'll link to everything at extraordinarymomspodcast.com as well. So that's easy. Just start with the form and then just like see, and just do one step at a time. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't feel like you don't know what to do because you know what to do, Lahana. So (laughs) I'll just rely on you. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate your expertise and your passion for this area. I've learned a lot. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. I know that's a lot of information, but let's all take a deep breath. We can do this. We can do this. For each one of us, there's something that we know could be changed in our life. There's something that's not working, that's not serving us anymore, that needs to be addressed. And it might feel like a lot of things need to be addressed, and that's where we kind of just get paralyzed and do nothing. Don't let that happen. Start with one thing. Can you go fill out that questionnaire on Lahana's website? Are you going to go just even visit your doctor and ask for some blood work? Are you just going to go for a walk today and add that into your day? Whatever it is, think about the thing that is the one thing that you can do. What's the right next step in order to give you momentum towards the next and the next and the next. But don't worry about all those other nexts. Just take that one next step. And Lahana's given us some great ideas of where to start. If you're driving or multitasking, don't worry. Everything's linked on extraordinarymomspodcast.com on our website. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3 or on Facebook at extraordinarymomspodcast. I'm so grateful that you were here today and I hope that you learned a lot. Again, this is not about looking a certain way, being a certain size, or feeling like you have to conform to anybody else's ideal of what you should look like. It's just not. But it is about assessing how do I feel? Do I have the energy I want to have? Am I living in a way that I'll be able to live fully for many, many, many more years and do the things with my kids that I desperately want to do? If so, great. 
If not, what needs to change in order for that to happen? We want you to live healthy, thriving lives as moms, and that is why we cover topics like this, not so that you conform to a certain body type, stereotype, any of that. So I hope that that really came across in the front of this interview. All right. I hope everyone has a fantastic day. I'm so excited for next week's episode. It is a fantastic one with Katie from the Beauty Bureau. We talk about inside beauty. We talk about our makeup tips. We talk about all the things. And you're going to love hearing from Katie. So tune in next week. Make sure you're subscribed. If you liked today's episode, be sure to share the show with a friend. And we will see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.